Welcome to High Gluttony. I'm Gretchen. And I'm Becca. And we're two curious ladies who like to cook, smoke, learn, and enjoy a meal with friends. We invite you to join us every 10 days or so here at the High Gluttony Homestead and listen to us make a mess and have a lot of fun. (laughs) So step inside, gluttonyers. Gretchen. Becca. (laughs) This is a big day for us. We're finally making something you've been wanting to make, I think, since we started this podcast. Maybe not quite that long, but not that long. At least since the last year when (laughs) I think we'd gotten just past rhubarb season when I was like, we should make this and like, oh, but no rhubarb. We've been thwarted in our last several attempts to get rhubarb. And even this time it was very risky. I almost didn't have it. Then I got it. Then Gretchen couldn't get it. And then she finally got it. And that's just abbreviating this story for your sanity, because we have been in a real rhubarb tornado and finally settled. We've got our rhubarb. We're making upside down cake. I'm super excited. And yes, we've been waiting for a long time to make this. So Gretchen, what are you drinking and smoking while we get excited to talk about rhubarb and eat rhubarb. Well, we're doing my liver a favor today and we had extra rhubarb that we didn't need for our cake because Martha said you need a pound and we disagree with that assessment. So I've got a rhubarb sparkling water that is going on over here right now with a little bit of granulated caramel in it, which we've discovered is delicious with rhubarb. What are you enjoying? The same thing. Oh my goodness. Yay. (laughs) Although I have to say, I'll probably switch to something harder as soon as I finish this little sparkly refresher. But in the meantime, it is quite delicious. Mm -hmm. For just throwing something together. The last time I feel like I threw a drink together, it was a dismal failure. So I'm glad (laughs) to come back into the light on this one. And you're using a fun little gadget. Oh, that's a pipe. It's just a regular pipe. I thought, okay. It just looks cool, but it's uh, no, just a regular pipe today. Nothing fancy for my blueberry G hybrid cannabis that I am smoking, which has a THC level of 21.6%. No CBD to speak of. So I'll have to supplement with some of my own, but that's what I'm smoking. I have no terpene information. I didn't get that far and it's not provided readily on the bottle. What are you smoking today, Becca? Well, we're very in sync today. I also am using a pipe because, you know, I am not in Salt Lake City anymore, terrified of every potential risk of smoking in my place. I'm in a house that I own, so I'm fucking smoking a pipe. Thank you. And so we both got a pipe. I'm smoking flower purple goats. So you've got blue berry. I've got purple goats and... (laughs) This is 25% THC, the, a hint of CBD at 1.9, and then myrcene, caryophylline, and lemonine. Sounds good. It's making me, it's a, I'm a little, it's making me a little more amped than I kind of uh, would want to be right now, but I'm just going to go with it. Maybe I'm yeah. going to be just like jittery rhubarb today. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. Maybe, maybe, maybe not. It's the perfect thing. 
keep you it's pumped true. up at this point of the day and <laughs> for our cake making. We haven't even started and I've already confused you, but hopefully we've gotten the confusion straightened out by now. This is another one of those situations where Gretchen's made this a couple of times. So she's like, it's easy. You do blah, 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 I'm like, what? Hey, slow down. Stop. I didn't catch any of that. I'm like, I'm measuring sugar. What did you say? Can you start over? Well, you know, some days I am mindful and other days I'm not so mindful of what's happening outside of my own brain. We are in sync so far. I think it's going to remain. We're just going to power through this. It's going to be the best fucking rhubarb upside down cake that's ever existed. I'm sure of it. Yes. Well, it is wonderfully delightful. I'm, I love it so much. And it's been a couple of years since I made it. So I'm pretty excited to whip this one out again rhubarb is pretty special we have we knew a little bit of this you filled me in on some of the cool things about rhubarb but it sounds like you've you've got a whole new appreciation for it I've definitely amped up the love of my rhubarb because (laughs) after diving a little deeper into it and revisiting an episode of savor that I had listened to a while ago, I have a newfound appreciation because I had failed to really come across the history before. It just like, I'd listened to the episode, but it kind of went one year out the other. So let's just talk about the plant itself before we get into the history and the growing and, and all those things. It's part of the buckwheat family. It's been grown for thousands of years. They've got records of it at least back to 27 BCE. The earliest mentions do come from China, and then it spread east from there, especially during the time of the Silk Road when there were caravans going back and forth. And it was actually even more valuable than cinnamon, saffron, some of those things that were expensive. Rhubarb outranked them all at a certain point because the demand in Europe and its early use really was more of a medicine than anything else. It has lovely laxative properties. Oh, thank you. (laughs) This is like the number one thing they kept talking about on Saver was they were like, it makes you poop. It makes you poop. Oh, guess what, everybody? This cake is going to make you poop. Yay. (laughs) It's good for you. It's good for you because they (laughs) refer to it in some something I was listening to as the all brand of the enlightenment because it was such good laxative properties. <laughs> all brand, you said? All brand of the enlightenment. <laughs> does have a high vitamin C, but do not eat the leaves. The leaves are toxic. They're not necessarily poisonous. If you eat a lot of them over, well, if you eat a lot of them, it will kill you. Like if you take a tiny nibble, not going to kill you. So it's not poisonous. It's just toxic. And unfortunately, they kind of didn't know that because at one point in British history, they told people to plant it and eat the leaves and stuff. Uh It might have been, it was during some wartime. And I want to say it was during the world wars. I was like, I feel like they would have known about the toxicity at that point. Unfortunately, they recommend eating like the whole plant, not just the stems. And 
some one person died and a lot of people got sick. That was when they really knew. <laughs> the leaves are toxic because of their oxalate, oxalate, oxalate content. Oh, what is that? it's something a, toxic. It's something toxic. <laughs> it's a chemical. Part of it is this the concentration of it in the leaves. There is as much as like one percent of the leaf weight is this oxalate. That's a lot. A lot, a lot. A lot of oxalate. Don't eat those. That's not good for you. There is a high quantity of oxalic acid in the stem, and that is not necessarily toxic. It's actually toxic to rabbits, but that is also not <laughs> super relevant to what we're doing here. But to me, it's important. You can eat the roots as well. The roots are edible and were the part that was mostly used for the medicine. So it really wasn't even like they were necessarily using the stems as much. They were using the roots more, but it wasn't until they started having like sugar around that they really started using it as a food because it is, it's very sour if you just eat it by itself, unless you're a person like me, that's like, yes, give me that sour flavor. I love it. I love it. (laughs) I haven't to take, taken to just chewing on rhubarb yet, but I might be getting there. Notice the yet gluttony. Yet. Yet. (laughs) Soaked in vinegar. (laughs) Oh my God. Well, they do. You can pickle it. It makes good pickles. (laughs) That would be fun. We should make a rhubarb pickle. We talked about making a rhubarb syrup too. That would be fun. I know. I always think that I should make more rhubarb, like just have more rhubarb syrup around because I love rhubarb and like, I love rhubarb beverages, but they're really expensive to buy from the store and they don't taste as good as like, if you do it at home, that's the one thing is that rhubarb is something that is really best if it's very, very fresh and you don't try and like process it too much or like heat it too much because that'll like really take a lot of the flavor out of it. I mean, it still has flavor, but I mean, that's kind of why historically it's been mixed with strawberry is to help sweeten it up and add an additional flavor. Interesting. So they used the roots for medicine primarily. And then at some point realized like, oh, fuck, you put sugar on this stock here and that or the stem and that tastes pretty good, too. It was used really heavily in Middle Eastern cooking especially in like savory content. Uh, content. Okay. Without that sugar add. Yeah. I mean, I don't know that they didn't add sugar, but it's more of a savory application. I think it was the Polish people would cook it with potatoes. Yeah. In Poland, they cook it with potatoes. So I was like, I have to try that. But uh, I ran in Afghanistan. We're using it in stews and with spinach. So I could see how that would be because uh. You know, spinach is so earthy, like it has that like strong flavor that if you put something like bright and acidic with it, that that would really be kind of a delightful combination. Mm-hmm. We've talked about this before, but when I'm, I love making sauteed spinach and adding jalapeno juice to it. And I wonder oh, what yeah. rhubarb would do with that combo. I can't say that I think it would be bad in any way, shape or form. It would That's be very it. interesting. Yeah. Because you would get like a spicy fruitiness from the jalapeno. Mm-hmm. So you'll have to let me know if you ever do that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I think one of the best places in the world to grow rhubarb is England, mostly because it likes having a quite cool season, probably where it gets frost first time it was really introduced into England and not even England, it was introduced into Scotland and then brought 
down into England. Bruce of Kinnard in 1774 brought seeds back to Edinburgh for the botanical garden, and they were able to produce 3,000 plants. And they way do to go, take, Bruce. Yeah, way to go to Bruce. <laughs> it's such a normal name. Bruce. I know. But it's Bruce of Kinnard. <laughs> there you go. The of anything makes it so much more important. Yes, it really does. So it does like frosty places. It does like a frost because that, it makes the plant send all these sugars and things back into the crown. So that's like the main part of the plant. It's the stem, essentially, of the entire plant. I'd wondered why I was never as successful. Like I can grow a big rhubarb plant, but I don't think the flavor is quite like as good on a plant grown here. And just because it is so hot here in the summer and it never really gets cold in the winter. So I think that's why it just doesn't do quite as well here. And maybe is why it's so hard to find because there's just not people that are growing it, which bumps me out because I really want to grow lots of different types of rhubarb. So what is its growing season? Typically here it starts pretty early spring. And so it'll start really growing February or March. So yeah, I was very disappointed to find out that like England is like one of the best places to grow rhubarb. And the other bummer is, is there is a place there called the Rhubarb Triangle. And it's like nine square miles where this rhubarb is the best rhubarb in the world. And they've also developed this method of forcing the rhubarb so they can actually get it much earlier in the spring. So their growing season is a little different. It does grow early. Yeah, so I'm I'm bummed because we were near-ish And we might have even been in Yorkshire. I'd have to double check where we were exactly when I visited England this year. But we totally were close enough to go to the Rhubarb Triangle. And I really missed an opportunity on that. Next time, put it on the list. I have to put it on the list, yeah. (laughs) But their special technique here in that Rhubarb Triangle is called forcing. The whole point of it is you let the plants grow outside for like two years until you have some heads that you can divide off the main plant. And then you take that back into a forcing shed, which is just a dark shed lit only by candlelight. To this day, they still only use candlelight and it produces a much sweeter, more tender rhubarb. And they even had rhubarb trains that would go from the rhubarb triangle straight to, ah, what's the name of it? Not King's Cross. Covent Gardens. They would sell it in Covent Gardens. But you do really extend that rhubarb season because the forcing can get you a crop late February, early March, because rhubarb grows incredibly fast. So fast that if you are in one of these growing sheds that's warm and it's like the, the rhubarb's doing its growing thing, you can actually hear it growing. So it like cracks and pops and snaps and like makes all these like tiny little noises of the cells just like spreading the plant out and like, I, oh, it's just fucking cool. Like <laughs> I want to go listen to it and I'm just kicking myself because we could have gone had I only known. If only we'd found rhubarb before your trip, like we wanted to do. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Like, it can't be that hard to get rhubarb. Yes. Yes, it can. Yep. Nightmare scenario. Yeah. Nightmare. I was just laughing at the forcing terminology since it like makes you poop. (laughs) (laughs) So if you are feeling stopped up, just make this rhubarb upset down. Yeah. (laughs) I'll take care of your problem. 
Oh my goodness. Well, anything else I should know about rhubarb before we talk about the recipe today? I don't think so. I think I've already kind of meandered all over the place. So we probably need (laughs) to get down to the to business here. (laughs) Okay, let's get down to rhubarb business here. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Rhubarb business. (laughs) Our recipe source is Martha Stewart. Hello, Martha. We know you're a big fan of cannabis out there. We'll do our best to do justice to your recipe, although Gretchen already has taken issue with some things, so we'll see how it goes. You know how I am, people. I'm very picky, and (laughs) I have opinions. Okay, so we'll see how it goes. Martha versus Gretchen. Just kidding. All right. For our topping, we will need four tablespoons of unsalted melted butter, one half cup of all-purpose flour, one quarter cup of sugar. Are you using granumel? Oh, of course. Yes. Uh, of course. And then some, of course, sea salt or salt. I said sea salt. Salt. Of course, salt. <laughs> For the cake, we will need a half a stick of unsalted butter cut into small cubes. You'll use this to butter the bottom of the pan. Gretchen had to talk me through this. We've already done some yeah. of this. Spoiler alert. That was confusing to me. <laughs> One pound of rhubarb trimmed and cut on a very sharp diagonal. She's not kidding. It's like, I don't know how to describe it. It's very long, thin pieces of rhubarb. Almost parallel to the rhubarb. Almost. We've got maybe what, uh, 80 degree angle. If you're, yeah, I'm not very good with angles, but yeah, something like that. Something sharp. And then three quarters cups, three quarters of a cup of sugar, one stick of unsalted butter at room temperature, one cup of sugar. These are separated out because the rhubarb has sugar and then the cake has sugar inside it. So I'm reading sugar twice. That's why Martha had put them all together. So if you look at Martha's recipe, it's going to be one and three quarters of a cup of sugar. I wrote it out for my own sanity because I was trying to like, I've definitely made things before where it's something like that and you have a split ingredient and then dump the whole thing in at the same time. So I always like to kind of write this out. I always like to. No, let's try that again. I just realized that I should be writing things out like this because if you're using it in a slightly different step, it's very confusing if it's written all together. Slightly. I appreciate that. So don't be confused by my double read of sugar. That is intentional. Yes. Then you will also need one and a half cups of all-purpose flour, one and a half teaspoons of baking powder, some more coarse salt for those dry ingredients there, and then a half a teaspoon of finely grated orange zest plus one tablespoon of fresh orange juice, two large eggs, and one cup of sour cream. What special equipment will we need today for this upside down business, Gretchen? So we're going to need a nine inch round pan. The reviews in the recipe actually have a number of suggestions about pan usage though, because most people found that the one pound of rhubarb, we also found this was probably a a little too much and a mixer. I don't know if I said mixer first. No, I think I was talking about the pan first, but we also need a mixer. So we got a pan and a mixer. And we're doing a hand mixer. We're doing a hand mixer. Yes. Cause it's a, it's a cake. It doesn't need heavy duty. You don't need muscle behind it. You're, you're whipping, you're whipping, not kneading. Whip it good. 
whip it. Oops. So tell me what our steps are going to be. What we've done already is we have cut our rhubarb and tossed it with some sugar and prepared our pan to put our cake in, which included buttering the pan. And then you put little bits of butter all over the bottom, which initially I had cut up butter into cubes, but then let it sit on the counter for so long that it was very soft. And so then I just kind of globbed it in there. And then we put that rhubarb that was mixed with the sugar on top of that into the pan. That's what we've already done. Next, we are going to make our topping, which involves mixing together that first round of butter, sugar, flour, and salt. Then we are going to make our cake batter. Then we'll assemble it. We will put our cake batter on top of the fruit in the prepared pan, (laughs) on top of the rhubarb. We're going to put it on top of the rhubarb. We've made upside down cakes before. I think everybody should have the memo on the upside down cake. But the thing is with that is you put the, the top of it on the bottom and then you flip it over. So this one has extra special crumbly topping that ends up on the bottom that is delightful and one of my favorite things of all time. Again, cake assembly. Let's see if I can get through it this time without interjecting my own thoughts. You've got our prepared pan with the rhubarb in it. Then we are going to put our cake batter in once that's made and then put on top of that the crumble topping. And then we will bake that can cake that bake. Okay, I'm never smoking this weed again during recording. Ever. It's bad. It's bad. I can't Too handle much. it. All right. Let me, let me get some, some of that nice Frida, uh, yeah. Sights high elevation Sight and, high. and try and mellow, throw things back into alignment here for fuck's sake. We're going to bake it. Then we got to let it rest and then we'll flip it out of the pan and be able to behold the delight that is a rhubarb upside down cake. Oh my goodness. See, sounds easy. Probably will be easy, but there's a part of me that feels like Ah, you never know. Upside down. I think, I think you overthink you're I just feel like I get the feeling you are overthinking it. I'm not trying to be okay. patronizing, but it just looked like I was like, you're thinking about this way too hard. <laughs> okay. okay. That's what I was reading on your face. It's like you're like, oh my God, but what if it's like, but then this and then I was like, mm, she's thinking she's overthinking it. She'll okay. Just- <laughs> okay, you know me. Okay. Yeah. No, okay. I no, I know us. I know and overthinking is not something that no wait we overthink things a lot i was trying we to do. say it in the inverse and it doesn't it was too hard to do all right so i'm overthinking you've put world level two on here sticking by yeah. that world level two we got this and that's mostly because you got to have the right ingredients <laughs> that world level 1000 if it's just <laughs> rhubarb search right no okay we'll call it five in that case we aren't making up new levels just for the fucking rhubarb search okay okay world level two but yeah this is definitely something you like it's a side quest to this whole (laughs) recipe you've got to go on that side quest to find the rhubarb in order to make this fucking cake (laughs) i love it so you've told us what we've already done which is cut our rhubarb toss it with sugar and put it in the buttered pan. And what are we going to do then when we move into the kitchen? We're going to start with making that topping, which is just mixing that butter with a small amount of flour and sugar and a little salt. Very easy peasy. Now after that, we'll make our cake batter. So for the cake batter, we're going to mix together. And we've ar- we already did this. When we measured our ingredients, we mixed our baking powder, salt, and flour together. So that's your first step, mixing those things together. Then in the same bowl we actually marinated our rhubarb in because I don't want to do extra dishes. 
we are going to beat that full stick of butter with one cup of sugar on a medium speed until pale and fluffy. Gotta get that fluff in there. Gotta incorporate the air and get that sugar breaking down. Then we are going to add in the zest and juice. And Becca is using orange, but today I'm doing an experiment because my new neighbor friend gave me some delightful Meyer lemons, which is the first time I've had those in a little while. So I thought, what a fun experiment. I've made this cake a lot. I'll throw in a little Meyer lemon. So once our zest and juice are fully incorporated, we'll add in our eggs one at a time. And you got to get that fully mixed in there before you start adding anything else. And then we are going to do, as I described it to Becca earlier, and probably this might have confused you, I think, was because I was like going into depth on this because I thought this was the part that would confuse the fuck out of you. Because I know I definitely didn't get this right the first time I made this cake. But when you add the flour, you are going to alternate between adding the flour and adding the sour cream at the same time. So once your eggs are fully incorporated, you'll add in one third of your flour mixture and then make sure that's mixed in completely. Then you're going to add a third of your sour cream and mix that in completely. And then again with the flour, mix completely. Again with the sour cream, mix completely. Add the last of the flour, mix completely. Add the last of the sour cream, mix completely. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I feel so much better now. I think I might've just like started with the middle of the instructions and expected you to like be able to figure out what the fuck was happening. So you're right. It's a problem when I have done the recipe before and I'm like, you get this right. You totally know what I'm talking about. All right. Oh, all right. I'm ready. I can do this. We got this. I know you can do this. Like, that's why I was like, you're (laughs) overthinking it. And I'm, I'm trying to explain it too hard to you. So I'm not making it any better because I do think you have the skill to make this cake without any issue. (laughs) Okay. Let's go to the kitchen then. Let's Let's try this. Let's Let's test the skill out. My butter's solid again. Oh, oh yeah. Where is mine? (laughs) Yeah. Mine's basically, well, no, actually mine's not bad. Okay. I'm going to pop mine in for a second. I mean, no harm melting it and then having to remelt it a little bit, you know? Okay. Okay. <laughs> like, end of the butter world. You know, the only disadvantage of using granulated caramel is that it gets so chunky so fast. Oh, yeah. Loves absorbing moisture. It's like you took too much moisture out of me when you baked me. I have to have it back. <laughs> so I just dumped my granulated caramel, trying to get as many of the ch- chunks out of it from the humidity as I can okay does it store better now now that you're in Las Vegas I don't know I haven't made it in a while okay I saw a container before but I was I thought maybe it was granulated caramel but maybe that was just your regular sugar that was just regular sugar have so have you done a crumble topping for anything before or no well we did a crumble for cranberry pineapple or cranberry upside down right did we I thought we did I mean this is just what it looks like you put I've oh wait the topping that's right we're doing the topping yeah we got the topping first okay and so that's my melted butter into flour and sugar mixture yes okay and you're just doing it with your hands I'm doing it with my hands okay because let's not lie I'm gonna lick my fingers after (laughs) yeah then you get to eat it Mm, oh, it smells so good. Oh, it's really good with the granulated caramel or 
Yeah, the granulated caramel. Yeah. It's really good. Oh. I'm, I'm so excited about this cake now. <laughs> and with the Meyer lemon. And with the Meyer lemon. I know. I'm so excited. Yeah. It's going to be great. Yay. You have permission to yell at me if I dive into that topping again. I know. I accidentally doubled measured my sugar and flour. So maybe I'll make a little side dish to munch on. <laughs> <laughs> Might be smart. Mm, yeah. That's good. Yeah. Mm. I get my. Mm. Got to get my mixer out. I'm going to run a fork around in my flour over here so that uh, make sure it's well stirred. That's the flour with the baking soda and salt. Okay. So catch me up again. You've mixed up your flour, baking soda, and salt. Yep. And right before that, you said you did. I put the butter and the sugar into the mixing bowl. You know what I've done before with this is added a little bit of almonds, like almond flavoring. Mm, mm, like a marzipan kind of thing. Yeah. That's really good. Yum. Okay. I love anything almond. Yeah, me too. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. Marzipan. Yes, please. Mm. Almond scent, almond oil, almond, everything, everything. everything. Give it to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We've made our topping. We have put our sugar and butter in our mixing bowl and we're going to mix that next. Yeah. Fluffy. Correct. Till fluffy. Uh, I'm going to go kind of f- probably around four or five. Four or five. Okay. All right. Hey, I have a feeling I've got, super- I've got something wrong here. Is yours super crumbly? Yeah. Same. There's okay. nothing fluffy about this right now. Okay. Any more butter? Keep going. Okay. Keep Maybe. going. Okay. I was wondering if it was because I was using the granulated caramel, but if yours is too... But yeah, this almost does seem like it needs more butter, weirdly. Mine is really crunchy. I'm going to add a tablespoon of butter. You said a tablespoon? Okay. Well, I guess they're pale and fluffy. All right. Zest and juice. Okay. And this might help our problems too, because this will help dissolve the sugar. Oh, zest and juice. Check, check, check and check. The mixer back on. Okay, mixer's off. Time for some egg. Okay. Cracking these one at a time into a separate thing, not straight into the bowl. Always better to do that so that you don't have to retrieve bits of egg from your mixing bowl. Good call. Yeah. Maybe you've done this a few times. Maybe, maybe, maybe not. (laughs) Mixer back on. Mixer off. Next egg. Okay. Mixer on. Both eggs are incorporated and now we're doing the weird... Flour, sour cream, flour, sour cream, flour, sour cream. Yep. That, exactly. That thing. Okay. Mixer on. Oh, I'm behind. Not you that far. just added your third of flour? Yes. I'll wait here until you catch up. I think I have to open my sour cream, so I will do that. Oh, I did that already. Oh, and I just got it all over me. <laughs> all right. First round of flour in. Now on to sour third cream? of the sour cream. Me know when you're ready. I'm ready to mix, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like we're pretty in sync today, but maybe I better check. But maybe you never know. Okay, more flour. Mixer on. Mixer on. Now a third of sour cream. Ready. <laughs> ready. <laughs> All right. Okay. Last of the flour. Go with the flour. And the last of the sour cream. Last of the sour cream. Yeah, this is making me want nachos for some reason. Ooh, yum. That sounds really good. 
maybe we should do a nacho test like oven versus I don't know <laughs> yeah I don't know either <laughs> I don't know what okay, you would well. do, do nachos in <laughs> other than an oven last round with the sour yep. cream oh this is going to be a very thick. full cake man yeah it's quite thick I okay. think it's more akin to like a um, pound cake texture it's mm. a little heavier which is fine because you need that to kind of deal with the fruit juice you know hold up to that rhubarb okay oh so good I love the, I could probably do a little more orange zest next time I was thinking about doing some extra lemon like the Meyer lemon zest but mm-hmm. didn't do it <laughs> <laughs> putting that on my pan I mean it's quite thick and there yeah might have a little I'm gonna put this on a sheet pan just to make sure if it does overflow that it just goes on the sheet pan versus getting like all over the oven you're gonna put the whole cake pan on a sheet pan yeah okay I think that'll be a good idea. There's quite a lot of like liquid in the bottom of my. Yeah. Okay. So I think that's why this cake is so thick is because there's going to be that juiciness. Mm. And so that juice is going to be able to help tenderize it some because I am right to the very top of this tin. So you are. Okay. Are you or no? No, no, not yet, but I'm not all the way out. One of the things I like about this cake is the sourness of it. Yeah. You do love sour. Okay. No, I'm not at the top. I'm no. Oh, wow. I'm not all the way at the top and you have no space at all. How interesting. No space. Weird. Huh? Weird, weird. Who knows? Who knows? This always happens to us where like one of us ends up with way more, even though (laughs) we've done the same thing so far. (laughs) Fuck is that? (laughs) Okay. Now I'm going with the topping. Okay. That's just sprinkled all over the top. Yeah, I love this cake. Yeah, I can see why. Man, this feels like way more topping than I've had previously, but who knows? <laughs> oh no, some more fell into my mouth. Oh no. Oh yeah. Yeah, I don't know if I've ever had a pan this full. Mysterious. Very strange. Oh, are you ready to go in the oven yet? I was about to throw it in. I was like, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> There's no top? No top. I mean, no like covering. It just nope. goes in. It just okay. goes in. In it, it goes. And then we go for one hour. See you in an hour, cake. (laughs) See you in an hour, gluttoneers. Mm -hmm. An (laughs) hour-ish. We'll see you in the future. For the future. Welcome. We've time traveled. It's a couple days later. We've eaten our cakes. Gretchen's got these like birds happening around her. It I thought that was like... on your end. Oh, maybe it is. I did just see a bird fly by, but I thought it was on your side. I mean, it could be, but I don't see any like where I would expect to see them if I was to be able to hear them. Um, uh, yeah, I'm surprised. I still have some of my cake, even though it's a few days later. Usually I demolish it. I must be learning self-control in my old age here. So. <laughs> I still have a teeny bit left. It was so good though. I'm so, so, so glad we got to make it. Finally, finally, finally. We were joking a couple days later, or I guess like yesterday, that we probably wouldn't be able to get rhubarb again right now if we both needed it. So the window was so short and we got so lucky. And I'm very grateful. That window slammed shut when it shut. It's like... (laughs) There is one week a year that rhubarb is available and fuck you if you're going to try and find it outside of that in in your climate. You better be paying attention. Yeah. You better want it. (laughs) (laughs) 
so delicious. So fucking delicious. I loved it so much. I will say that, as I mentioned, I'm in a new place and I have a new oven and turns out I don't know how to use (laughs) my oven at all. There are two. And I thought I had turned on the upper oven, but turns out I turned on the lower oven. So I warmly comforted my cake for about 45 minutes (laughs) in an oven that was not on and then finally put it in one that had heat and cooked it. I think, I think it, I can't remember how long, but it was awesome. It was so good. I loved the texture. I told Gretchen, I love that kind of pound cakiness. Like she had mentioned, I, it was perfect for me and the tartness of the rhubarb. It was so good. It was so good. So good. I know. I just really wish that I'd put it in a deeper pan because I did have that the rising up over the top, which meant I had a nice, lovely, thick cake, but I would have also liked to add more rhubarb. Like I would have liked to have gotten the full amount of the rhubarb in there. So I think the next time I would definitely make sure that I used a nice deep like spring form or something to to make sure I can get all the rhubarb in that I want. (laughs) All right, we'll try again in a year. We'll get bigger pans. We'll keep Mm -hmm. our eyes out and we'll try again. Well, maybe by next year, my plants will be producing enough. I can just pick it up from outside. uh... (gasps) That would be exciting. Oh my gosh. Mine did end up kind of boiling a little bit over too after, after I got it in the right oven. So I'm really glad that you suggested putting everything on a baking sheet because that was awesome. I didn't have to clean up a whole disaster on top of getting my oven situation wrong. Yes. Well, when I used to bake cakes in professional settings, we always, we like always put it on a tray. (laughs) Mostly there, it, yeah, for the overflow, but because you're usually baking several at a time, taking one pan at a time out of the oven, it's like very time consuming having it all on one sheet, big pan that you can pull out and move is much more efficient. It's a good trick to have in your toolbox. Classic thing. I'm so, so glad too, that we actually got to do this because it is one of my favorite cakes. I got to be reminded of why it's one of my favorite cakes and must do again soon. I just love that rhubarb. Must do again soon. I agree. And I think all in world level two. Yeah. Yeah. It's not hard. It's just a little time consuming with cutting. Most of the challenge to this cake was finding the fucking rhubarb. (laughs) (laughs) Side quest has to be completed before you can initiate this one. Yeah. That, that grocery store side quest. Brutal. Brutal. Well, I'm glad we did it. I'm so glad it finally happened and you can find the recipe and the ingredients and maybe not much else on highletme.com. <laughs> we're on Instagram, we're on Facebook, and we thank you so much for joining us, Gladneers. Oh, do we say a thing at the end anymore? Now I forget. Off, we still off do we go. go. We do still yeah. off we go. Okay. Off we go. And then- Sorry. I just got high. Like, you can't expect too much from me. <laughs> we we just changed the all beginning. the time. Yeah. <laughs> all right, bye. Bye. <laughs>